Hi friends, I'm Katie Brinkley and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. With nearly two decades helping business owners, consultants, and coaches with their digital marketing, I know that social media can be an incredible tool to grow your business when you know how to do it the right way. And that's what we're going to do today. I teach you how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship and digital marketing, and hopefully you'll grow your business with a few great tips you wouldn't have known otherwise, and maybe even discover a great local business you love. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. I'm so excited to bring today's guest to you because he and I have had the opportunity to get to know each other a little bit over the past few years. I met Adam Adams uh, back in the days of Clubhouse. We've become social media followers of each other, and he he's been leveraging social media over the past few years to grow his podcast and grow his social influence. So he started back in the days um, in the real estate industry, and he actually sold his first podcast, which was a real estate podcast. Um, and he launched a new one, the podcast on podcasting, which is ranked as the top podcast for podcasters. We're going to talk about that on this this week's podcast. <laughs> um, I think we can say a podcast a couple more times. Now, with that being said, Adam is a Denver na- local, so he's here in the Denver area as well. He's an entrepreneur. Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm glad to be here. How are you? I'm doing awesome. And and like I said before, you and I met on a social media app. And I love whenever I can meet other people that are living close by. And it's amazing how small of a world it really is. Now, before we dive into today's conversation too much, let's talk a little bit about what made you decide to take the dive into entrepreneurship. Yeah, there's a couple parts to it. Um, First and foremost, my stepdad always told me that I needed to have a business and then I needed to make as much money doing the business as I could, save as much money and invest as much money. So my my stepdad used to tell me all these things and that was kind of what started getting my gears ticking. He had a business um, and I kind of learned that from him and I worked at his business and eventually I finally read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Robert Kiyosaki's very similar to my stepdad. Uh, both of them run a business and they they try to keep as much cash flow every month as possible and push that into investments. And so this is a this is a thing that I kind of grew up thinking. And ultimately, honestly, um, Entrepreneurship is is very challenging. There, you get knocked down hard, fast, frequently. Um, many things can happen. It can be frustrating. You can think that you're the worst ever, and then you might have a great month. So, I guess one of the things that keeps me there is a. I've been doing it for a long enough time that I cannot answer to somebody else. So right now, for example, I am not willing to have business partners, only employees. So I've got 37 employees right now. And if they mess up, they're fired. I I don't want a business partner who can be, uh, what's the best way to say it? I'm entitled. Okay, Adam Adams, I'm an entitled person. I was going to use a different word, but I'm entitled. 
which means I am an owner in my company, currently the only owner, and hopefully always will be. And I feel like I deserve the fruits of my labor, whether I work or not. When I have business partners, I don't work so hard and I just want to, I just want the fruits. When I'm the owner, currently I'm working anywhere from four hours a week to maybe 15 on a heavy week. And I only work when I want to work. Like when I say I'm going to work, when I'm going to do something, when I want a project out of the way. And so the other part of that question that you asked is, I cannot see myself working for somebody else. It feels suffocating. It feels uncomfortable. It feels scary. It feels like I'm not making enough money per hour. It feels like I'm working eight hours a day and barely making a little bit of money. And I'd rather work four hours a week and make a really good income. Uh, so I feel like it's too challenging to work a small amount and get paid a lot if you don't own the company and you don't have it running as a business. So A, my dad taught me, the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad taught me, and B, because I've been doing it so long, I cannot, I, I would feel suffocated if I tried anything else. So your, your podcast on podcasting, you know, it's, I love the name of that podcast, by, by the way. I, I, for anyone listening, I feel like you should just like do a tally mark for how many times we say podcast today. But I think that podcasting is such a great tool to have when you are a business owner, especially if you are an, a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, because you are the, you, when you're getting started, you are the face of, that brand and the more opportunities that you can have to to meet people and expand your network that's really going to help you and podcasting is is one of the best ways to do that i mean my podcast really has allowed me to never run out of social media content whether it's repurposing part of the show taking something that i've learned and putting it into a carousel post or writing a blog podcasts are a great way for people who are looking for other ways to grow their network. Yeah. What do you think on that? Well, I think podcasts are cool because it does a few things at the same time. Yes, you are getting many different listeners to check out your content even when you're asleep. You're also getting those listeners to share the episodes or your whole show with their friend when they get value. So your influence grows because of this thought leadership platform. But additionally, as you mentioned, you are networking and connecting with a lot of different people. You, Katie, interviewing me, uh, another Denver-based, or I'm actually in Conifer technically, but a Colorado-based um, entrepreneur. And we get to connect. And on your show, I've already got to hear a couple of times uh, you talk about how you do social media management, how you help people with that, how that's your business, right? And as I hear this, as the guest of your podcast, you're maybe not intentionally pitching me, but I think to myself, hmm, I wonder if I could hire her. Hmm, I wonder if I could work with her. And that happens on my show as well, the podcast on podcasting. I only interview show, show hosts, I, nobody else. and. On those shows, on those 
I generally try to pour into them. I try to give them some help, some feedback for their show. Because if I'm giving value, it might be reciprocal. It might be where they they say, man, Adam knows his stuff. I'm going to hire him. And same thing with you. And I think your listener, whether they're a real estate agent, whether they're a real estate investor, whether they are um, they have a business on X or Y or Z, if they're an entrepreneur of any kind, you can easily interview your avatar. I call that your perfect client. And not only that, but you're also able to start getting other people on the sh- on your show that are famous, well known, and now you're um, really getting connected. They say you're the average of the five people you hang around the most, and when you become a podcaster, you're hanging around better people than you used to. And so today, I, I like to use FOMO, fear of missing out. Today, you're hanging out with the people that you're hanging out with. Imagine what would happen if you hung out with even better people, then you would grow. So you're listening. Now you're, you're like, okay, I need to have a, a podcast so I can do that. Um, and I'm trying to, I had, a, I had a, another story that I wanted to share. Oh, it's that the other day, so I got Hal Elrod's text message. I can just text. He's, he's written a book. He wrote, um, he wrote Miracle Morning. So most of your listeners probably have actually read that because more than half the people I know have read Miracle Morning. And it was my podcast that allowed me to have Hal Elrod's cell phone. So I wanted to share how that happened. Hal Elrod is a, is a bad A. He is a super cool guy. Had cancer a few times. I had my podcast. And what ended up happening is because I'm an influencer. That's what they call me. That's not me trying to say I'm an influencer. I could care less. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. Um, but because I have this thought leadership platform, other thought leaders want to invite me on their stages. So I've gotten to speak at a lot of different conferences. And one of those conferences, I spoke next to Hal Elrod. And I also just luckily, um, because of my social media presence and what I was doing on social, how I was doing it, I became in that event, I became one of the top three affiliates, meaning I, I filled the room with like 100 people that I filled. I put in like 100 people out of the 500 that were there. And because I did that, which I contribute to my podcast and also to some social media, but really the podcast. So I was, I was invited to speak next to Hal. And then because I had a show and a thought leadership platform and I was working my social media, I became one of the top affiliates. And the cool thing is we go at, in, this is in Dallas. Uh, this event was in Dallas and we're all at the top floor of this just fine restaurant. It's just super expensive, super nice. And there's only five of us. There's the, the leader of the place. There's Hal Elrod. And then there's us three top affiliates. And he really wanted to take us out. And we got to sit with Hal. As we were talking with Hal, Hal found out that my, um, my meetup group became one of the top meetups in the world. And it's because of my podcast and social media. The meetup group was a Denver-based meetup group, literally the uh, highest attended meetup in the whole state of Colorado. And it became because of a podcast and my social media. And so Hal's hearing that I can help people with meetups. And he goes, I want to do a Miracle Morning meetup. I want to have a meetup for Miracle Morning, my book. 
And so we're having this conversation and I get his cell phone. And the other day, I, he's got a podcast. And out of nowhere, I, I text him on his birthday, said happy birthday. But out of nowhere recently, because I'm not going to bother him or you know whatever. But I said, hey, Hal, I want you to come on my show called The Podcast on Podcasting. You're a podcaster. You've got a lot of cool things to share. I just text him to his cell phone and he's like, yeah, I'm in. And tomorrow's the interview. Literally tomorrow, we're having that interview uh, at 2 p.m. my time. And I cannot wait. And none of that would have happened. I promise you on my life, I wouldn't be able to text him. I wouldn't be able to have the money. I wouldn't be able to speak at that event. Wouldn't be able to made the most amount of affiliate commissions there if I didn't have a podcast. So I really want that to resonate for the listener. It's so true. The same thing, not with with Hal, but I mean, the same thing also has happened for me with different social media influencers and different uh, people in the social media world, book authors, where I've read their book. And then then I've been able to get them on my podcast and have a one-on-one conversation with them build that relationship and grow grow my network. So I am 100% with you on expanding your your circle through podcasts. So for those who are listening right now and they might be sitting here saying, "Well, that sounds good for you, Adam. Way to go, but I don't have a microphone. I don't really know where to get started. I what would I even say? You know, when you were launching your first podcast, the the real estate podcast that you sold, what were some of the things that you did for that podcast that you would redo with with the podcast that you have today? Like what mistakes did you make with the first podcast that you made sure that you were aware of and you had intention for, for your second podcast? There's two major parts to it. In my first one, I just, I just wanted to have a podcast. This is my only intention is having a show can benefit me, my business, my network. I should have a show. And I wasn't as intentional as I probably needed to be. So here's the two things that I think I should have done. And I did do much better on the second one. I asked myself, who is my listener? Actually, there's three things. It's what do I want to accomplish? Uh, who is my listener and how am I different? What do I want to accomplish? Who is my listener and how am I different? So I didn't know exactly what I wanted to accomplish. I kind of went into it ready, fire, aim because I learned, I listened to all these dummies that said, don't overthink it. Just start. Done is better than perfect. Just go ready, fire, aim. And so I listened to that and I started a crappy podcast. <laughs> And actually, the podcast was a good podcast, but it didn't help me in my business. It helped me speak at some of these events. Yes. It helped me add a lot of value into the world. It helped me grow my name and credibility. Yes. Those are things that I knew that I wanted. But what I really wanted more than those three things that I just mentioned, I wanted my business to grow. And it really didn't grow that much because... I didn't know who my avatar was. So I kind of knew what I wanted to accomplish, but I didn't think intentionally enough. Let's make the word of the day is intentional. (laughs) Um, I figured out who is my listener, but I grabbed the wrong listener. The podcast was called Creative Real Estate. And my goal was to raise capital. I did a lot of syndication. Syndication means you, you partner with 
a lot of money and you do a lot of work. And together, they leverage your time and expertise and you leverage their money and we, are, we become a partnership. And so we would raise, for example, we might buy a, an $11 million property and we'll raise about $6 million from other people and then we'll get a bank loan and then we'll take uh, a number of that to work on the property. That was our business model. If my podcast is called Creative Real Estate, which actually I'm doing creative real estate, creative real estate basically is telling people you can do deals even if you don't have money. That's basically what it says. But what was my goal? My goal was to raise capital. So who did I need as my listener? I needed rich people. I needed people with a crap ton of money. (laughs) So here I am calling it creative real estate and adding a crazy amount of value to the world, like helping people be inspired to be able to do their first deal without any of their own money. But my avatar is not scrolling through with millions of dollars ready to invest and saying, ooh, creative real estate. I, I have all this money. I should try creative real estate. They never would say that. Uh, and then the third thing, how am I different? What is different about me than all these other shows? I did kind of do that. I carved out a niche where it was creativity within real estate investments. Um, but it wasn't all intentional or cohesive or congruent with what I was looking for. So what I did on the next one is I said, what do I want? I said, I'm serving podcasters. I can help podcasters be better podcasters. We're, we're saying that so many times. I'm, <laughs> I'm noticing it since you pointed that out. But I, I want people to be better show hosts. That's my goal. I, and, I, and really the big goal to be completely selfish and transparent is I want my company to have enough business that I can work four to 15 hours a week and I can be making at least 20000 a month net profit for, to take home for myself, at least. And I want to do that with four hours a week. That's my, my intention. I set that out. What do I want to accomplish? That's the first question. I want to work very little and to make more money than most doctors and attorneys, net profit, not just gross. Uh, the gross is way higher, and we'll never worry about that. But net profit, more than most doctors, attorneys, and I want to do it working instead of 60 hours a week. I want to do four hours a week. So that was my intention. So now I have to figure out who is going to be my listener. And I, I decided that my listener is a brand new podcaster. That means they're about to launch a podcast or they've had a podcast for less than two years. That's my perfect person, brand new podcaster. And now I start to think, what do they need? How do they need it? What, what are they going through? What are they worried about? What are they stressed about? What, uh, what are, do they need equipment? Do they need motivation? What is it that that perfect person? And I label the avatar when I say, who is my listener? actually label an avatar. This means I basically pick a person in my life that I know that I could serve. And I only think of that one person as I'm recording my podcast episodes. And then I say, how am I different? What makes me unique? What makes my podcast different? Well, there's a lot of shows about podcasting, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of them, too many of them, in fact, because everybody, every podcaster Every single podcaster, I'm pretty 
pretty sure that's true. Has a few people that say, wow, you have a podcast. How did you start it? And they start getting advice from that person, whether they're getting paid or not. And so many show hosts are starting to realize that, hey, this could be a, a, a source of income for me. And so they start podcasts on podcasting. And I have to figure out how do I draw a line in the sand? How do I make a line in the sand? So I oftentimes for this part, how am I different? I talk about this guy whose name is, uh, and I, I bang my chest when I say, uh, like a gorilla almost because, uh, is a cave person long, long, long time ago, uh, discovered fire and he was excited. He noticed that he could cook his food and it would, it would taste different. It wasn't making him sick anymore. He was stoked that he could eat any type of food and not get sick because he cooked it. He also learned that he didn't have to be in the cave all the time to stay warm. He could be warm out. He also found that there was a few predators that were afraid of the fire. And so now he was like able to scare away bigger animals than him that would normally hurt him because they didn't know what to think about this fire. There's so many other things. Uh was excited that he could finally um, go ahead and sleep outside of the cave. He also liked that he could see at night. He could carry that torch and he could see at night. So he was stoked. He, he had this new thing and he went to the chief with all this excitement in the world. And the chief said, no, that's of the devil. Watch what happens when I touch this. It, oh, see how it burnt me? This is bad. And watch what happens if you just let it go. It'll spread throughout the forest and destroy our crops. So uh was confused because he thought this was a great thing, but the chief said no. So what uh ended up doing, because he picked up a stick. That's all they had at the time is sticks. He didn't have a chalkboard back then. They didn't have a tablet, but he picked up the stick, drew a line in the sand and said, look, on that side, you don't have fire. On that side, you're safe. On that side, you stay with the chief that you've known and loved for all this time. If you cross my side of the line, then we're going to use this to scare away animals. We're going to use this to cook our foods and not get sick. We're going to use this to stay warm at night. We don't have to always sleep in the cave. And we can see at night, come on over to the good side. Half of the tribe left the chief and uh, became the second chief in world history. If uh didn't have something unique about his message, a way that he did it differently than the chief, only maybe one or two people would cross. His girlfriend would have crossed, his son would have crossed, but not half of the whole tribe would have been his now follower. So that's a good lesson for us. As we're coming up with a podcast, what I did differently with my second show is I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm saying you can either have a podcast or you can or you can have a podcast that people listen to. If you have the kind of podcast that people listen to, you can A, you can make money. B, you can make an impact. So you want income and impact? You have to have a listener base. All those other people that say ready, fire, aim, just start, don't overthink it. You should just have a podcast. They're not contributing to you because you're just going to have a crappy podcast that's basically a diary or a journal because you're the only one that listens to it. 
It's not going to help you have an impact or leave a legacy in the world. It's not going to help you make an income or money through the podcast. So do it that way. Stay on that side of the line of the sand if you want, or cross onto the good side where we use podcasting to actually make more money, work less, have a better lifestyle, meet better people, and make a huge impact and, uh, and a legacy on the world. So those are the three things I would say I did differently when I launched my second show. Well, and I think that, Adam, you, you bring up a really good point of knowing your avatar is everything. And honestly, you know, my avatar for this show has changed since I first launched it. And because I was looking to see, OK, well, who's who's coming up to me, you know, in real and saying like, hey, I listen to your show. What, what is their job or who's following me on social media? Who responds the most when I'm sending out these, you know, like, hey, the latest episode is out and who's opening the the links in my in the emails. So once I started looking to see who my audience was, I was like, well, there there's there's a people from from everywhere. You know, like we were talking before I hit record here. You're like, where is it mostly people here in, in Colorado that listen to the show? And I said, well, Colorado is the, the number one. Uh, most downloaded, but then it's followed by California and then New York. And then, you know, we, we head all the way across the, the pond over to Finland. So, I mean, I'm looking at who my avatar is and it's changed a little bit. So with that being said, I have to ask you, you know, once you figure out that avatar and you're really going in with intention for your podcasts, how the heck do you market it? Because there's, I mean, like, I think that social media is one of the best tools out there, but uh, also there's a lot of people that, you know, who listens to podcasts? Well, other, other podcasters, what do you, what, are, what was some of the ways that you were able to market your podcast so that you could become one of the, one of the 1%? Yeah. I would say that there's organic marketing and then there's paid marketing mm -hmm. and Frankly, I think both are important. Organic is kind of like you putting in your sweat equity to gain the traction. And paid is kind of like you putting your financial equity to gain traction. So both are going to be important. And just imagine, imagine like you're in a car, you're going on a trip, you know exactly where you're going. You've even maybe even designed your whole route. You're so perfected on exactly what you want to accomplish. Every stop, where are we going to go to the bathroom? What are we going to eat? What restaurants do we need to see on the way? Um, where are we going to sleep on the way? How many nights will we be there? And you're doing this road trip to go uh, from California to New York, to name two of the places that you have a whole bunch of listeners, to from California to New York. Well, you can go on, you can easily go on I-10, I-40, I-70, I-80. Uh, there's so many different routes to go sideways. And, but you also got to go up. You also have to go um, north. And so you could go north when you hit Colorado, when you hit Utah on the 15, Colorado on the 25. You can go up on the 35, up on the 45, all the way down to the 95 if you want to go all the way to the coast and then up, right? Go to Jacksonville, Florida at the 10 and the 95, and then go up. Or you could go up to Niagara Falls or whatever to get there. The point being, if you don't put gas in the tank, you're going nowhere. 
So you're, we're talking about marketing, organic and paid. If you don't put the fuel in, then you're not going to go anywhere. That becomes the people that have no listener base where it's a journal or a diary for them. Well, Adam, I want to just chime in really fast because that's such a good point. You know, you you can only get so far without putting some gas in the tank. And, you know, going viral is not a business strategy. It's not a marketing strategy. And it's really, really, really hard to do. So if you think that like, oh, I'll just go ahead and publish some reels or I'll go ahead and hop on TikTok and repurpose some video content over there, that is not a business strategy. That's not your marketing strategy. So love where this yeah. conversation is going. Keep going. All right. So organic and paid, these are the two ways you can fuel your tank. You can use natural gas or you can use uh, diesel fuel, uh, whatever. Just pick two. So with the organic side, here's a few things that have grown my podcast. A, I will say interviewing my avatar because my avatar ends up listening to their own episode. They might listen to a couple of others. We might add some value to them. And so I was doing, right now we're doing two a week, but we were doing six episodes a week for a long, 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 long time. And that was because I wanted to have the most amount of conversations with my avatar, with, my, with people that do podcasting. So if you're an entrepreneur, you interview uh, entrepreneurs, business leaders. If you are an attorney, you interview the type of person, that client that you would work with. Let's say you're a securities attorney. And maybe you're working with syndicators like I used to be. Um, now you're going to interview those syndicators, those operators, and ask them questions, get to know them, add value to them. And now they might continue to listen to your podcast because you have good content for them. So that's a form of organic is interviewing your avatar. Another form of organic is the social media posts. And uh, so basically what you might do is you might do a, a, a good takeaway is it's better for you on your organic social media, it's better for you to focus your posts on your personal page. And everybody's like, ooh, that my personal page, I don't want to upset anyone. I don't want to hurt anybody's feel. I don't want to throw my, my business down anyone's throat. What if, what if I, there, there's all these concerns? I get it. So I'm just going to put it on my, my business page. My, um, my fan page, if you will. So the business page and then the, the, the personal page has a couple of differences when you're doing organic social media. The business page, let's say it's on Facebook. All of the social media platforms will count for this. But let's just pretend we're talking about Facebook for a sec. If you've got a business page, Facebook says, okay, they've got a business, they've got money. If they want me to, if they want me to push this out, they got to put money in. They've got money, so I want their money. And so basically, you kind of get in a way shadow banned. You you get hidden. You're nobody's going to see that post unless they literally go to the business page. They're not going to get a notification. Facebook's not going to like for free help a business that's putting that on because they're in the business of making money. So they're not going to just for free do it. Um, but on your personal page, it's more likely that more people are going to see. So then I'll, I'll just mention a couple of other tips, tricks, or strategies. Hook story offer is a really good way. Hook story offer is a really good way to get more people to notice you. And the hook is anything, if it's on social, that needs to get somebody to stop the scroll. It's a pattern interrupt. So you could say 80% of entrepreneurs don't do this. 
that's kind of a pattern interrupt. It's a, it's a, it's a statistic. And people are like, 80% don't do this. What's this? And we, it incites curiosity. And what ends up happening is they stop scrolling. They were scrolling mundanely through all of the stuff where people were telling them stuff. And then you've got this interesting fact and they want to know more about it. They want to know if they fit into the 80% or the 20%. And so they stop scrolling. So that's what your hook will do. Another hook would be a question. So everybody else is telling, 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 telling. And it's like, oh, okay, he did that. Oh, she did that. Oh, she just did that. That's great. Oh, I'll like it. And uh, keep going, keep going. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I, I just noticed this, but they're not engaging at all. And then all of a sudden you have a question from everybody else is telling you stuff. And now somebody's asking you stuff. It's another pattern interrupt. It stops you from scrolling because it makes you think. Human beings have a hard time not answering questions or giving feedback, like giving their opinion. So ask for an, an, an opinion on something. Hey, I need your help. Or uh, what do you do between this and this? Or uh, whatever it is, if you have a question, you're going to organically get more traction. So you're going to not spin your wheels when you're doing social media. Um, th there's so many other organic uh, ideas. We can also talk about uh, audiograms, videograms, quote cards. Like These would be like thumbnails. These would be like... Um, promotional images, promo images that you create per episode, and then you make a post about it, but you want to use the hook story offer method. Hook, what do we got, What do we need to do to stop from scrolling? Story, what do I want to tell them? Offer, what do I want them to do? So a lot of people do links. This is the last thing I'm going to say for the organic part, even though we could go for maybe an hour or two on this. We could, we absolutely part, could. This is the last part I'll say. Most people, and you, the listener, have probably made this mistake five times or more. Most people put the link to the thing that they want people to do. They think that that's the offer. That's the call to action. Oh, I've got to put the link to my show so then they can listen to my show. That's a terrible, terrible call to action. If you're doing a link to your YouTube channel, if you're doing a link to your website, if you're doing a link to... Um, your meetup group, if you're doing a link to um, your business page, what's going to end up happening is Facebook or any other platform is going to say, uh-uh, I only make money if people stay on Facebook. I only make money if people engage on Facebook. This person is trying to get somebody to go to uh, my competitor. They're trying to get them to go to TikTok. I know it's going to happen when they go to TikTok. I know it's going to happen when they go to YouTube. I know it's going to happen when they go to meetup. They're going to start focusing on that. We got to compete for attention. Block that shiz from anyone ever being able to see it because this is bad. This is scary. We need to make money. We've got investors. We have to make money. So we, they create algorithms. They create an algorithm when you stop the scroll because of your hook. They say, ooh, there's something about this. I, I'm split testing, A-B testing Adam against John. And when Adam made the post, somebody stopped scrolling. I'm going to start showing his to more people because it's getting something. And then the next one is if they, in the, if they engage. And so if they comment. So here's my suggestion. The call to action, instead of being, hey, I, I started a business, check it out. Here's the website. Be like, um, have you ever wanted to solve XYZ problem? That's what my company does. If you're interested, uh, let, drop a comment below and I will send you the link. 
drop a comment below. Now you're getting that other algorithm, which is engagement. Now that people are actually liking and commenting on your post, Facebook says, whoa, I'm split testing, A-B testing Adam against John again. And Adam's getting a lot more engagement because he doesn't have a link sending people away. He actually has a com- people commenting. So this is great. I'm going to put his in front of even more of his followers. And it makes it a little hard. So the natural question that you're probably asking is, well, if I don't put a link, how am I going to do it? Do I put the link in the comments? I heard that that was a good way to do it. No, don't put the link in the comments because you're still not going to get people to engage. Instead, um, reply to the person that says, I'd love the link and say, Sarah, I'm glad you're interested in checking it out. Let me know where to send it, question mark. Would you rather me send it to your email or just DM you, question mark? And then Sarah's like, oh, you can just send it in the DMs. No problem, Sarah. I'll send it right now. Let me know when you get it, question mark. And then you go send it to, to Sarah, the link of your website. And you're saying over here on your comments, let me know when you get it. So Sarah's going to say, I got it. Thank you so much. And now you're doing a couple of things. You're gaining more credibility with your social media platform. Let's just pretend it's Facebook. Getting more credibility with the platform because you're getting, uh, you're taking Sarah from a question and then you DM her automatically to about six comments back and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so they're seeing all of this. Secondly, you get what's called social proofing. Social proofing just means that other human beings see that Sarah and John and Emily and Carla all wanted your website. And now they're thinking to themselves, well, if all these people want the website, I must want to want the website. In many cases, because humans are like lemmings and sheep, we flock together. We do what the others are doing in many, many cases. Sometimes we don't even know why we want the website, but we're like, yeah, I'll take it. Like all these other people want it. So I guess I want it too. Um, so this is how you get organic social. With paid, I'm just going to briefly say, put money behind maybe Facebook ads, maybe money behind banner ads, maybe money behind um, send, letting somebody who has an email list of your listener, of who you want as a listener, that they'll send like six emails to their database to just to shout you out, just to shout you out. And there's many other things that you can do for paid ads. My company is currently doing for our clients um, who are podcasters to grow their audience. We're currently doing um, Google ads and YouTube ads. So it's kind of cool that they're already kind of on that YouTube platform. They're already searching for that content. And we're able to get on there for relatively inexpensively to boost our clients' podcasts. And we manage those ads for them to kind of grow their listener base. Another uh, paid one that some people can use, but not everybody, is there's Buzzsprout ads. They're, um, I'm trying to remember what the term is. I just like randomly forgot it. Um, uh, dynamic ad, mm-hmm. basically ad insertion. So Buzzsprout can, you, you would basically say who you want to listen and who is a good listener. They send it off to all of these people. Some of them say yes. Some of them don't say yes. The ones that say yes, it goes on their podcast. And you're in front of other podcast listeners, okay? And, uh, and so that's a really great paid way. Um, going back to the organic, I said having people on your show, 
But why don't we talk about interview swaps? Katie and I, let's do an interview swap. Let's have you on mine and me on yours. And now I'm getting in front of your peeps, adding value to them. And you're getting in front of my peeps and adding value to them. In I'm in my genius zone of podcasting, and you'll be in your genius zone of my show talking about social media, right? So these are just some really great ways to add fuel to the tank so you can go from California to New York or go from having a podcast to having a great podcast. Adam, so many great tips there. And I 100% agree on uh, with what you were saying on, on, on the organic side and because it's, it's so important to have a well-crafted caption. I, I mean, really, it's, you need the hook. You need a, a call to action. You need to be social on social media. What you were talking about with engaging with somebody in the comments, yes, that boosts you through the algorithm like crazy, but it brings us back to the original meaning, the original purpose of social media, which was for conversation and connecting, not just consuming. So when you open up your 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 content that you've created, you're opening up your your opportunities for you're opening yourself up for opportunities. So absolutely love that tip. And if anyone is, even if you don't have a podcast and you're publishing on your social media, what Adam just said is is the secret sauce. Showing up that way and communicating and connecting, that's what's going to help you be seen, and that's what's going to help you get more reach. We can talk to or blue in the face about, you know, going viral on reels and stuff, but really with what Adam just said, that that's the that's the secret sauce to to growing your reach on social media. Adam, this has been such an awesome conversation. Where so even if people don't have a podcast, where can people go to connect with you and learn more about what you do? Sure. Uh well, growyourshow.com is our website. Um, they could listen to the podcast on podcasting for completely for free. Um, or if they don't want to do either one of those, but they just want to connect, they can find me on social, uh, Adam, AAA Adams. I'll let you throw a link in. Yep. All the links will be in the show notes. Adam, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Make sure to subscribe so that you can continue navigating the world of entrepreneurship. And I'd love to hear from you. Please leave the show a review and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you're ready to start making some sales on social media, be sure to grab my free guide to selling in the DMs without being spammy. You can get that at katiebrinkley.com. Let's keep taking your marketing to all new heights.